0: Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem Podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Biz and Mayhem Podcast. How are you doing this week, Tara?
1: I'm doing Pretty good, Chris. How about you? (laughs) I'm doing great. Rough start.
0: (laughs) Man, COVID brain much?
1: You know, who doesn't have it right now? It's the only trending news that continues to haunt us day after day. Uh,
0: you know, I just want to know, like, how long is it going to take to recover from COVID brain? Or is this, you know, a permanent, a permanent confliction?
1: <laughs> it, it, I, you know what? Who knows? Because right now the, it's, it's such a political game and people are losing their minds every which way. And I just, I'm over it. I've been over it. I, I need everybody else to be over it.
0: I I hear you. And, you know, I I almost feel like they need to start coloring the titles of the articles. They either need to have blue titles or red titles or maybe like purple titles. But there wouldn't be very many purple titles. They'd be very clearly blue or red.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's kind of the hassle of all this. It'd be fun. It was just a medical thing, but it's not. But there is some headway. I don't know if you heard this, but some towns in the surrounding area of um, Wichita, and that's where we're at, are dropping the face mask mandate.
0: Oh, really? I yeah. hadn't heard that. Yeah. Um, Is it uh, happening immediately? or Some
1: are immediate, so they've already taken part of it. Like McPherson, Kansas has dropped their citywide mandate. Um, I heard that Augusta was. I heard Rose Hills flirting with the idea. I heard Andover has more in more places that are dropping it. Derby was never really truly enforcing it. But there are retailers in uh, Wichita that are dropping their mandate requirement and uh, making more of a recommendation. So I don't know if it, it seems like most of these places were making that decision prior to the CDC guy come out and say, eh, if you're, you know, between the, the vaccination, and the mask, go with the mask. So, Cause I right. think that was fairly new stuff that just occurred. Um, but I think people are just getting tired of it. There's a lot of push on social media to drop it and people are not wearing their masks. And I was in a conversation with somebody, um, with somebody who said, you know, some of the bars they had their ten o'clock curfew and they were pushing the button, the envelope, and they were not closing at ten. And so the mandate said, okay, fine, don't close at ten if you're going to stay open, close until eleven. And it's like, well, wait a second. If that mandate says ten, then why, if you just break the mandate, that you're just going to the those yeah. who make the mandate, you're just going to give in. So what is the point?
0: And so I, I mean, it's, it's, a lot of this has come down to control, right? And I, I think, think what, so. I think what places are finding out is that people are not in favor of government control over their lives. And, you know, it's that's kind of an American thing. Yeah. You know, we we like the home of the free and, uh, you know, so I I think uh, it'll be interesting to see the outcome of some of these elections, because, uh, you know, I think there's certain people that are very vulnerable in the elections. Like, uh, you know, I know this year we don't have an election for governor, but I think uh, the Kansas governor election uh, is going to be a really interesting one to watch you oh know after God. this whole covid <laughs> thing i saw earlier this week that uh, you know governor <laughs> kelly put some information out there about the deaths that wasn't accurate and yeah. all sorts of uh, places even even news outlets that have a very left bent to them were jumping all over her for you know putting out misinformation mm-hmm. um, or or taking i think it was more she was taking uh, information that was true and kind of changing how she portrayed it so that it would seem worse than it actually was. I think,
1: I think, yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. I think we did a conversation about that a few shows ago where her doctor friend that she relies on had doctored some of his charts and data and that's what feeds her information. So maybe this this is tied into that.
0: This was different this time though. I mean, she was showing numbers uh, for a time period and said there were so many deaths and then, People dug into it, and then on the day that she said there were deaths, there were actually no deaths, and what, mm-hmm. what was happening was she was saying there was deaths over a period, but she didn't say that. She just, <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, it was misleading, and, and people were upset, and rightly so. And, sure. um, you know, at this point, you know, trying to fear everybody into doing something is not working, clearly.
1: It Well, and, you know uh, what, people a get tired of different strategy fear. is needed. People, I mean, that's the problem with fear. People get tired of it. It's an emotion. And eventually the newness of that emotion wears off you get used to it and you start fighting back and that's what people right. are doing and so um i've never been a proponent of the mask mandate i'll wear it when it's appropriate to wear it but for the most part i just walk into a store and i don't wear it and i'm not hassled now in a com- another conversation with a person who is of a uh, larger stature than i am he's a male he's shaves his head he's got the goatee blue eyes so he kind of looks like Aryan na- nation walking around the joint and so you put you don't have a mask on him and he gets a lot of nasty looks yeah, And he said he is constantly glared at and given all these little death daggers. And and I told him, well, that's funny. I don't get those looks. People just <laughs> smile at me and walk by. And he's like, well, pretty people yeah, have well, a past. They, they play by different rules.
0: You're also a girl. <laughs> well, and, that may have something you know,
1: to do with it. I'm a tall female women. too, though.
0: Well, men and women are are definitely judged by different standards in yeah. in the society, so
1: Yeah, I would I would say so. I I I've, I've never been approached by anything for anything other than to, to get something off the top shelf. So <laughs> That's about the extent of that. Uh, yeah. I
0: don't know
1: it, it this the next few months are going to be very interesting. There's um I don't know if there's anything that's going to be surely pivotal. I think we're all expecting I think secretly, some of us who are more outspoken than ours, we're secretly knowing that Trump's going to win. And then what? Will this go away? Does this carry on? How does this?
0: Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think the games will continue no matter what. Right. Uh, <laughs> these aren't you know.
1: the, these aren't the fun games I wanted to watch, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I do think that if the Democrats win, that, uh, you know, Regardless of you know whether it's Joe Biden or Harris or you know <laughs> who actually is their front runner, because I, I think what will happen is if Joe wins, they'll deem him incompetent and like, kick him what? out.
1: We'd say I said that before, and, didn't? And that I?
0: was your theory, right? That's and I, my I think theory. that's I think that's spot on. And uh, oh. you know, I just I can't see you know because once that happens. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, chaos can, you know, ensues. And
1: and
0: we'll Well, we'll see.
1: Did you hear the quote from Harris? And I saw it. I saw the video. I saw these words come out of her mouth and it's a terrible, if she was, if she misspoke herself, it's a really bad way to do it. But she'd said whatever the context of the, of her speech was or her conversation was, she had said under a Harris administration with Joe,
0: yeah, a, I, you whoa, know,
1: that's pretty, they're already,
0: I mean, clearly they're thinking that. I mean, yes. you yeah. can't watch Joe Biden on TV and go, okay, that guy has got all of his marbles. He's, uh, it's really sad to watch. I mean, because he's clearly declining cognitively and, yes. uh, but, you know, but he's still the front runner. I mean, I, I can't believe they haven't, you know, figured another strategy out here. Like,
1: it's probably the, it, that is the strategy. He, he looks the part. He holds the part. He gets the part, and then we take him out the part. And there's your friend. First- but, he,
0: but, the but he's <laughs> not. But he doesn't look the part. If you look on the on the liberal side of the spectrum, the last person that should be leading the liberal party is a white male. But he, they an love old him. white male. They
1: love him, and he's got a black uh, Indian. I'm sorry, African American Indian. Person running a female running alongside him, so obviously that's the reason why they want to vote for him is not for him. they're voting for Harris that will be yeah. why those were democrat that's, that'll be the reason why but, anybody votes Democrat in this coming election is they're voting for Harris, not for Biden, not for Trump,
0: you know, but left or right aside I mean if you look at her numbers when she was you know prior to taking the the vice president uh nomination, I mean she didn't have the numbers the following to um, become a front runner so
1: you know, that's why she dropped um, out.
0: And she dropped out because she had very low numbers and following. And she's never really, I mean, if you look at, you know, speeches and things like that, she's not, you know, that convincing I, I, of a of an you know of a speaker. And she's not I, I don't know. She's I, too I just, emotional I don't,
1: for me. She reminds me of an emotional woman who's pulling that um and I see it all the time on Facebook, and I'm gonna tick off some female voters out there, and I apologize. But she does represent herself in such a fashion of I'm a big badass. I'm super ticked off at you. Ergo, I'm going to control this situation. I'm going to do this versus being logistical and saying this data equals this result. So let's take on this solution and change the result. She's not coming in with a strong platform that I can get behind logistically speaking. She's coming in emotionally and she is, she's relatable to those who are driven by their emotions. And that's a fine and dandy, but we're talking about running a country here, not the girls club. And I know I'm I'm ticking wow. people off with that, but I just I've never been a fan of her ability to speak as a politician, as a business person, as much of anything. So I I'm hoping she did better as an as the what was she, the attorney general for or the district. What was she? She was in, in, in law prior to this whole yeah, I political. I think thing.
0: she was uh, you know, district attorney or something. But yeah. she even in that role, she was controversial because you know, she she was hard on some people and not on others and you know, I, I mean, I, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. And then I think we ought to move on because I think people are tired of hearing about this. But I mean, I, I just cannot believe in this country of 331 million people that the best we got to run for president is Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Right? <laughs> I mean, you've got to be kidding me out of all of the intelligent and, you know, motivated people in this country. That's who we got up there. You, I mean, <laughs> you but,
1: clearly have not watched any political dramas. This is how this works. I don't know. If oh, you, no, I know, but I,
0: it's silly, right? I mean, I we know, have I
1: agree. I agree. so
0: many people that are qualified for oh, this. Yeah. that But, you know, nobody wants to do it because the media is so dang nasty.
1: Oh, and, you want to talk about pulling out some skeletons from your closet you didn't know you had. They'll find them for you.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, if you're going to run for any political office, you just need to have a coming out party <laughs> yeah. and have a have a conference there and get up there and be like, well, in third grade, I stole Billy's pencil. <laughs> and then I threw it at Sally's hair. Um, and then in the fourth grade, I mean, you know, you just need to basically put it all out there yeah. because
1: we'll be, you know, it. that's a great strategy.
0: What, what's great. What's interesting, though, is, you know, if if I was running for political office which I don't have any intention of doing, but let's just say I was going to run for political office. Do you know the dirt that you can pull up on some of these reporters? Yeah. I mean, they are not clean either, right? So, I mean, no, I, no. I would have in my press conferences, I would have cards up there and say, here's this person mm-hmm. and here's what we found out about them. Do you want to play this game? Or oh, do you want to talk about stuff that really matters?
1: Reporters are sneaky. I found out that those uh, mask groups, those de- uh, unmask Wichita groups that I spoke of in the last episode, um, there's I- reporters infiltrating those groups. They are in there oh, sure. under yeah. their you know maiden names or their married names or whatever name they're not using professionally, and they are gaining information and then turning around and reporting on it. It's like you're using social media to develop your stories. In your, your well, editors underpassing, I mean, that's part this. of their
0: job, right? I mean, oh, but you come know. on
1: a little bit of fact yeah. in there would be great.
0: Well. But- you know, like we've said before, our, you know, my beef particularly is that they don't really do journalism. They do sensationalist, sensationalist, sorry, it's uh, what they do. <laughs> What they do is sensationalistic journalism, there which is you know does not have to be fact based, or mm-hmm. it could be a, a one fact, but not all of the facts. I mean, yeah. if you're going to report on something, you got to talk about both sides of the issue. You
1: should, yeah. Or you, you
0: know, I mean, sometimes there's more than two sides of the issue, but or you know.
1: cite cite your work, cite the cite what you're reporting on. You know, that's that it's
0: If you want to read real journalism, (laughs) go read the British newspapers. (laughs) It's pretty sad that you have to read British newspapers to get news about America. That's where most
1: of my links come from. You know, they
0: they actually do, you know, some actual journalism over there and and they don't have as much of a, a horse in the race. So, yeah. This is the newsroom.
1: Uh, this is interesting. This this first article you have, I've not seen this. Hashtag free Britney. Hashtag oh, man, Britney. You, Britney. What is this? Britney Spears? Is that who we're you, talking about? You have
0: got to get on your pop culture, you know, kick here. I mean, I this, is,
1: They're all this is guilty pleasure
0: stuff right here. Oh, man. Guilty so,
1: pleasure is a bottle of wine for me. Are you all kidding right,
0: so. First article here is uh, about Free Britney, and obviously, you know, Britney Spears, right? Yeah,
1: we all knew. We grew up with her. That was our and, high school dilemma.
0: <laughs> yep. Britney Spears, you know, pop music, all that good stuff. And so anyhow, she had a kind of a mental breakdown a while back, Yeah. and um, her dad became conservator. So basically, he got to make all of the decisions in her life, you know, um and, and you know, it's just crazy amount of control that he had over her. Well, she's better now, or she says she's better, and you know, he still has control of her life. And so she's trying to get control back uh from him uh through the courts. So she has lawyers, he has lawyers, they're fighting in court. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the sisters involved, and so anyhow, but basically. Um there's this movement now. It started in 2019 where people started with a hashtag free britney Um and they they want basically, you know, they want dad um, to give up control. Um, but it, it's just a crazy, crazy situation. And I'm telling you, this is gonna be multiple movies, multiple <laughs> documentaries that are gonna come out on this. I mean, this is just I mean, like acid trippy crazy crap. Like and, I, I, you know, this is, a, I think where this is, this is truly fiction or, or nonfiction is stranger than fiction. I, I don't think you could write this if you were oh going to write a book gosh. and so, come up with this. I, it's just incredible.
1: I'm, I'm reading this article as you're talking about it. And it looks like you, know, you said conservatorship, right? Dad has conservatorship. That's what she's fighting to take away from him and, and give to somebody else. Did you see the meaning of conservatorship for her? oh my gosh it's
0: like total control is what i was reading about
1: yeah down to who she who she votes for and who she marries yeah total control like she's an adult she's a child she's she's a legal child
0: yeah i mean you know a legal child that can vote
1: (laughs) but as long as (laughs) you know she can vote and who to vote for she can't vote without permission
0: yeah yeah. And who she can marry. And I mean, it is, oh this is totally, God. totally bonkers. So you, you I gotta, mean, this is out there. You, you gotta it, gotta what's, wonder,
1: I remember when she shaved her head, that was her big mental breakdown that everybody got to witness. But you have to wonder, what else did she do that nobody else caught that got into this where she had to be controlled? Like,
0: yeah, where, well.
1: How, how far do you have to go down that spiral before somebody says, OK, I've got you. This is it. Normally, you just lock people up for that, right? You just put them in a, in a home and. Yeah, being, being well, but but
0: you know, Brittany is not worth anybody any money if she's locked up in a home, right? She's not
1: worth any money. I mean, she's not doing anything. is she still, I don't well, think she's performing in Vegas anymore. That was her, her, right. home, her home spot, but I think that gig is up, isn't it?
0: Well, she uh, apparently she decided not to re up that contract. I was reading that somewhere, but um, it, what to me, what's crazy is how the court can take your life away from you. And then, you know, you're like, okay, I want it back. And they're like, yeah, no. And uh, it's just truly insane how far this has gone. And and who knows the real story? I mean, you know, we don't have all the details. So maybe there's good reason that she doesn't have control back. But, um, you know, looking at her Instagram account and things like that, presuming that she's the one posting, I mean, she certainly seems like she, you know, she could – have her own life back you know so well, it'll be interesting to watch this and see where it goes
1: i mean if the picture on the on the link is current she's had some plastic surgery done that's not a normal oh, looking, sure. i mean so you gotta wonder if they're letting her make those kind of decisions to alter herself physically which takes you know some pretty critical thinking there for some people um yeah she's got to be doing better i mean she if this is current photo she looks good it's D- a little yeah not the Britney Spears from, you know, her, her coming out years, but it's not bad. Sure. Wow. Well,
0: yeah, who, who knows? It's truly an insane story. And, uh, I mean, you know, just reading this, I I feel bad for her, just because, you know, I've, I've been through that where the courts are sort of terrorizing you, uh, you know, through family court and, and I could just can't, you know, this is almost like going through family court, but instead of your kids, it's you, you know, it's, it's, Truly insane.
1: That's terrible. Oh, I hope, she, hope something good comes out of it for her. Whatever, whatever that is. I don't know what it is. I don't know the details, yep. but Ho-
0: hopefully, free Brittany works. But uh, follow the hashtag, stay up on all the latest news. Uh, but I have a feeling it's not going to be over anytime soon.
1: No, it hasn't been over yet. But yeah. So we had we talked about Apple AirPods a few weeks ago, but you've got something different on this.
0: Yeah, so oh, no. I did get the AirPod Pros, and I thought they sucked, so I brought it back. <laughs> and I went and bought a pair of Bose uh, headphones. But um, I was cruising cruising some of the articles uh, that came through my feed, and this one came up. Uh, and so the feds uh, seized counterfeit Apple AirPods. Um, you know, there was only one problem that they weren't counterfeit Apple AirPods. They were actually... Uh-oh totally legit airpods well not they were totally legit earphones wireless earbuds from another manufacturer and the Fed seized them because they said they violated patents that Apple had and Uh-oh. so now they're demanding money to get them out of the you know out of the uh, the jail the, the product jail. Uh-oh. But uh, I brought this up. I just think it's interesting because, um, you know, they do look a lot like the Apple AirPod. And, you know, of course, I'm not a patent attorney or anything, so I can't say, you know, how much these infringe on Apple's patent or not. Um, But, you know, I mean, they're the same kind of thing as an Apple AirPod. But what's interesting is the federal government has said um, that they're going to enforce this, which I would think that that would be totally a civil thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. Apple should have to go to court and get... An injunction against this other company, you know, I mean, to me, the federal officers aren't, you know, don't really get involved with this kind of thing. Right. Uh, What's your take on that?
1: I don't know patent law. So I guess um, I I don't know if you put a patent on something and getting, you know, trying to take it or trying to counterfeit it, copy it or somehow steal it. I don't know if that makes it a crime. I don't know if that that's the that's that pivotal point in a moment. Um, for the situation. So I, w- I would agree with you. If I didn't know any better, it, it would take just a civil matter and, a, you know, that typical paperwork filing adjunction. And, but I don't know, that's kind of weird. I, I
0: well, so, so it says here, the enforcement of intellectual property rights is a CB, CBP, uh, priority trade issue, right? CBP. Um, so what's CBP? That's the, uh, um CBP I don't what? Know what, it's CBP what? customs and border uh, that's the customs and border protection uh group right so okay. um so the customs u.s customs and border protection is is saying that their enforcement of intellectual property rights is a key trade issue right um so now they're saying uh-huh. that they have the right to basically enforce this
1: uh-huh. that um, makes it federal that
0: makes it federal yeah. but um again we're we're having the federal government do the job of something that should be a civil action i, I don't know
1: because isn't i mean apple they're made in what china most of the apple well, they are made in well they're made
0: in china states. but the pat, the patents here in the united states right
1: yeah but that, i'm, I'm presuming been...
0: that they have a us patent on it and what they're saying is the federal agents have the right to uh, Sees these things because that's part of their job is to enforce intellectual property rights of right. goods coming into the country.
1: Well, um, is, it, is the IP rights on the the technology or the materials used? Because the materials used, well, are, I, they, think they, I think it's I think
0: it's on the configuration of the the device, right? The thing mm-hmm. that looks like the Apple AirPod they're saying infringes on the patent, but I guess my point here is you know um, is uh, is really um, is this an issue that the federal government should be spending money on, or is it up to Apple to spend money on lawyers to make sure that they enforce their property rights? And I think it's up to Apple to spend the money on the lawyers to make sure they enforce their property rights.
1: You would think so, but then um, how involved is the government with that kind of stuff, too?
0: Yeah, no, I don't know. And maybe Apple did spend the money on the lawyers, and, and then yeah. the federal seizure was just part of the end of that chain. But It could be. Um, you know, but anyhow. So the company that had their parts seized is having fun with this, um, and so um, so the the Customs and Border Protection put a tweet out and said that they seized these things, and then the company that that legitimately owned them said, "Hey, give those back." In a Twitter post, <laughs> and then their then their product announcements or you know their product uh, they show their product with a a tagline of "Seize the day, seize the music." So they're, they're definitely having fun with this. Uh, That's awesome. You know, obviously they didn't seize enough of these things to make the company really squirm, you know.
1: Um, <laughs> That's terrific. Oh my God. So, they're having fun yeah. with it. They're having a good time with it. That's important.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely having fun with it, but uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure there's more to this story, but. Oh, uh, they're there always. <laughs> you know, I mean, as tech goes out there, there's going to be copycats and things like that. Yeah. and. And, you know, how much it infringes on the original, um, you know, original rights yeah. of uh, whoever in Venom is, you know, it's interesting just to see uh, how far this goes. So,
1: yeah. Interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. So more to come on that, I more think. To
1: come. So tell are me. You gonna are you going to trick or
0: treat this year?
1: I mean, I don't personally anymore. I gave that up when my. I started getting funny looks about my height and trick-or-treating, but I have kids. I have a child left. I have one, one lone child holding on to the Halloween trick-or-treat thread. So um, You mean
0: I, you don't go as an Oompa Loompa?
1: Yeah, it's never a believable story. I've tried it. People just don't buy it. Six-foot, four-inch <laughs> Oompa Loompa. Can you imagine me in heels and orange paint walking around? People would think I would be imitating uh-huh. Donald Trump. They wouldn't think yeah. Oompa Loompa. They would think Trump.
0: With the green hair? I mean, oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, we—I uh, don't know—we're thinking of actually going to a friend's house down in Stillwater to do trick or treating for a Halloween okay. party. But uh, so Halloween party, and so um, because it's a private party, there'll be no social distancing. Uh, but right. it won't be wild and crazy. So there's two homes conjoined. I say conjoined loosely. They are teaming up rather to do. Okay. It. One side will be a little bit more. Um, open behavior type a little more crazy right. <laughs> yeah. you know that's probably where the table dancing will occur after you get enough drinking in you and the crowd that mm-hmm. i'll be a part of will be more laid back and enjoying the the evening and you know passing out to trick-or-treaters but um given the the context of this next article i think we're up to the challenge of what this guy has just just to compete i think there's yeah
0: i think uh, so this out. article is uh Ohio man creates candy chute to provide social distance normalcy for trick-or-treaters. Normalcy. (laughs) Normalcy. So basically what he's done is he's taken a a PVC pipe and uh, he's kind of zip-tied that to his railing on his front house, uh, the front of his house, right? So down the steps. So now he can just take the candy and kind of stick it in the in the pipe and it'll slide down and, and, you know, go to the trick or treaters at the bottom of the the steps there.
1: It's cool looking, but how does he get alerted? There's kids down there waiting for him. Is he just going to stand at the top there? Does he have that busy of a, a neighborhood? He can just stand there and just keep shooting candy down the. Uh, Yeah.
0: I think that's the, I think that's the idea. He's just going to stand up there and stick the candy in the pipe and let the kids catch it at the bottom.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it gives a whole welcome
0: million- to 2020.
1: <laughs> right. That's a that's unbelievable. I and mean, it's smart. It's smart that if you know if you're into social distancing and you, you want to still be a part of things, that is a really creative way to still engage while you know abiding by those standards that you've embraced. So that's really cool. He's done that. He's still trying to make an effort. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, good on him, right? I, I thought this was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I may do that Definitely. just to do it
0: definitely something different
1: it is different i did a good I job mean, decorating well, it too it looks pretty cool
0: it would give me an excuse just to build something
1: i mean yeah do you have something on the house and just i said shouldn't you make a contest out of it i love those kinds of things see how wild and crazy you can get because i want to see something that goes loop-de-loop i want it i want it to be a roller coaster you know going from the front door i might
0: to just it. build a candy cannon this year oh like my a potato God. gun come that on would be that would awesome that would be fun wouldn't that it would be so, <laughs>
1: that would be great. See, no, now you gotta do it. You said it. Uh-huh. You gotta make it happen.
0: I know. Do it. Well we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see what this Halloween brings. My kids don't decided that I don't think they want to dress up this year. So uh-huh. I'm like I was begging them to do Harry Potter because I've always wanted to do that with them. But
1: <laughs> my uh, my daughter approached me, I think, last night. She what am I gonna be for Halloween? Like well, that's up to you to decide. And my <laughs> yeah. daughter, she was eleven from uh, Stranger Things. It was so awesome because we ran into she dressed in the mall version of uh-huh. 11 and there was another girl that was dressed up as um oh she was one of the she worked in the ice cream store i can't remember okay. her name now but so we, we ran into her while we were out doing a trick-or-treat at the mall last year it was so cute to get a picture of the two of them together because they knew who the cool. other one was but other people were like what are you people and i'm like who yeah. we are so i That's don't know awesome. what she's talking about she found a really crazy looking butterfly wing that lights up that okay she wants to so maybe that's what she's going to do she sent it you know sent all the links to her dad to buy all this so she might be a little five foot butterfly <laughs> she's cool we'll see what happens so but yeah I, i'm glad she's i think this i mean she's 10 so this might be one of our our last few years
0: yeah they, they definitely grow out of halloween pretty quick right
1: I do it's it's been fun i've always looked forward to halloween and you know taking my kids trick-or-treating and I mean, my, and it's always been the same They They go out for a little bit, then they come back home. Then they want to hand out candy. They don't want to spend yeah. the entire night. And last year, my daughter, um, she actually wanted to, she took, she got a bunch of candy. So she thought, well, let's just go back home and I'll just hand it out, you know, from my own stash. Cause we were, we, our house, <laughs> was we were, our house was packed up completely. We were moving into our new home and closing on our house the next day. And oh, so, wow. Yeah. It was, so we didn't have any candy to pass out and we, uh, we stayed at at Bo's house, the, the gentleman that I'm dating. And and she's like, I'll just pass out my own candy and I'll just we'll be, I'll do that. I'm like, holy crap, you're awesome. Like, I wouldn't I'd be hoarding <laughs> that stuff. I'd be probably tackling other kids for their candy. Uh huh. So it'll be good. It'll be fun. Be different. Well,
0: as you know, I have a popcorn machine. So <laughs> when I move into my new house, that's going to be, uh, we'll get the popcorn machine rolling and yeah. hand out popcorn for Halloween. So I'll
1: come over for that one. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. That'll be awesome. I think so we that'll be uh, all kinds of positive stuff to talk about, but now we get to get to come back down to real life. Did you see a, uh, you see the news that uh, justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away?
0: God, how could I not see that?
1: I know. Have you seen some of the drama that's gone along with it? Holy crow.
0: Oh yeah. I, you know, Ugh. I mean, I really don't know how to feel about this one. I mean, it's uh, it's got a lot of controversy with it for yeah. not a good, re- you know, good, good and bad reasons. Right. I think I'm, One thing, you know, the bad is everybody's trying to make everything political, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, the good is that she contributed immensely to our society today and uh, changed the trajectory on several things, uh, Mm -hmm. which is uncommon for one person to have that much influence on, you know, really everybody's daily lives.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, So, but, uh, you know, as soon as she passes away, then the politics start flying.
1: Oh, no, and, uh, and this is what she wanted, and she said she wanted this, and she said she wanted that, but I don't recall any of these comments coming from her mouth. Right. So it's very interesting how people start talking for the, in you know rest in peace, all that are out there, but how people start talking for the dead and, and their wishes, and they just right. happen to flow with the political climate. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? It's oh, it's an
0: election year.
1: It, it is definitely. A- you know, I got
0: Definitely
1: warned by my employer, election years are hard and we expect some hard times. And that was just at the business level. Man, yeah. I didn't think it would just be at every flipping level. Holy
0: crap. No, no, it's oh. at every level. But, uh, but, uh, I, have you seen any of the movies uh, about her that have come out? There's a couple of, uh, there's one, I think, documentary, and then there's another movie, I believe.
1: You know, I haven't yet. I'm really hard. It's it's a it's a real challenge to get me sat down to watch something. I'm always on the move. And I just, because, right. you know I, I just don't even think to to watch anything i've I've been in school for so long thank God I'm not anymore but you know you get in school for so long you get out of the habit of watching TV it's hard it's actually hard to pick it back up because you feel, feel like you got to be doing something else or I find myself sitting in front of my computer screen doing nothing because that's I've been in sitting in front of it for so long so no I've heard some really good things about the stuff that's been made on her life mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what's made after. Her life, considering she no longer has a say so in it,
0: <laughs> right?
1: That's that's so, what always gets yeah. my attention.
0: I mean, I, I didn't know this. It says here in the article that she was on uh, on the bench for twenty seven years uh, mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court, which is uh, that's a pretty long time.
1: Yes, it is. She was a a big push for equal rights. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a lot of. She was very consistent in her stance, and she never. She was really hard to to my understanding, she was really hard to influence. You know, she, she, right. she knew her stuff. She knew what she was talking about. She knew why she had the opinion that she did.
0: Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it says here that she had a consistently conservative record in most cases,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but split in, in some, in some cases, uh, this year, latest one was from the dreamers deportation. I find um, that interesting. Yeah.
1: I do find that. Um, interesting. um
0: she upheld a major abortion precedent, um, and then she upheld the bans on large church gatherings during the corona, coronavirus pandemic. So, yeah, um, you know when you get to that level on the Supreme Court, it's certainly not easy. I don't think because you're going to get all sorts of stuff thrown at you. But uh, you know, their job really is to look at the issue at hand and see how it fits in with the Constitution. And right. I, it's you know, I would say that's what they—that's what she's done in in a lot of these cases.
1: Yeah. She's, I mean, she's done a great job of holding her own and holding out. Um, I, she. It looked like some of the pictures I'd seen of her and some of the video I'd seen of late, it, she reminded me of Stephen Hawking's. Mm-hmm. And not to say they had, of course, they did not have the same medical afflictions, but it just, Stephen Hawking struck me as somebody whose body was giving out, but his mind was not. Right. So the two did not match up. You could just tell his mind wanted to go further, but the body was really struggling. And Ruth, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg struck me as the same way. Her body was really wanting to give out, but her mind wanted to hold on as long as humanly possible. Um, mm-hmm. And she, I mean, she did, except for the one chick on uh, Facebook who posted her her uh, temper tantrum about all you had to. And It was the most ins in, insensitive thing I think you could have said about somebody, anybody passing. Is all you had to do was hold out until 2021. Right, and it's like you know that ain't right. That's not, yeah, that's not cool to put that and, on somebody like that, yeah. especially if you watch humilously.
0: People are just, you know, they're just thinking about themselves and their own feelings. I, it I mean, it's sad.
1: Well, it it, it is in this particular, um, she and I, I've never seen anything else by her, so I think it's just one of those um, rare videos that she'll put up, and she probably won't put up anymore after the, re- the response she got. But in her video, in, in this her reaction to finding out that uh, Justice Ginsburg had passed away, she's screaming and hollering and cursing. And she's like, how much flipping worse can this can this year get? And that's not the F word she used. And right. it's like, you know, you might wait to hold on to that question until after Trump is reelected, because I think you'll have mm-hmm. another response for that one. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I think going kind of circling back to Ginsburg, I think this was her fourth or fifth battle with cancer. Oh, so, really? Yeah, she... She'd been stricken. I, I don't. I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I have to do a little bit more research. But it seemed like she'd been stricken several times with cancer. Her body just could not get rid of it once and for all. She could not. Mm-hmm. She got a remission, but she'd always come back, and she just kept powering through all the time. It, I'm trying to kind of breeze through this article again um, and recall the things that I had seen about her. Um, you know, like you said, she'd been on the courts, um, you know, for 27 years. Um, she wrote her first Supreme, um, Supreme court brief in the case of Reed versus Reed. And so that was, uh, and it was presented to Sally Reed. Um, and that's, I think that's who she thought should be the executor of her son's estate instead of her Mm. ex-husband. So just, she just, she's one of those women. She just knew what she wanted and she was arguing very little. So I, I I wish she's one of those people. I wish it could be a fly on the wall as she was arguing cases. Mm -hmm. I would really like to hear her raw opinion on things, but it's unfortunate that she's gone, but it's, it's it's 2020 folks. How can we expect any less? Hmm. It's just one thing after another.
0: We need a refund on 2020, but (laughs) sad sad that she passed, but you know, hopefully, um, you know, folks will learn from her and
1: not as advertised,
0: definitely not as advertised, but, uh, yeah, so definitely check this article out. It's a pretty thorough, uh, you know, about look at her life years and, years. and what she did on the courts and things like that. So, uh, so quite maybe, interesting.
1: Do you think that we're going to have a repeat of the Kavanaugh situation as her replacement is, is chosen? Well,
0: I think anybody that Trump nominates is going to have a big <laughs> headwind, right? Okay. I mean – Seen the, the- there's obviously a double standard there because you know there's there's some issues with Joe Biden that people are just ignoring
1: oh yeah well uh,
0: regarding that so yeah.
1: and Harris I believe her over him and now she's with him so yeah, yeah there's that's so, a good point
0: I, I don't know i i tend to think that they're going to let it go to be less of a circus this time
1: oh um, it's hard to say that my they may use that to take the pressure off of Joe Biden that's well, a strategy to you know, work
0: now the flip flop is, you know, don't don't nominate somebody till the new president comes in and
1: it's his duty you know. to nominate the next person, is it? Right.
0: I, I think they should just follow the process and yeah. you know, it, it ha- happens like it happens. I mean
1: Well, have you, you know. have you seen the memes on Facebook that said uh Mark say from whoever Mark say from um, sexual harassment from whoever is nominated for Ginsburg's <laughs> yeah. replacement? <laughs> like,
0: oh, oh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. It's
0: I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, there, there's probably a lot of good candidates and we well, to just let the process happen.
1: Yeah. It, it needs to, it should be an interesting process. I guess I heard that, uh, Oh, what's his name? Cruz was one of the, um, Ted Cruz,
0: uh, uh-huh. Senator Ted Cruz. Yeah,
1: there was whispers that, uh, Trump was considering him and Cruz had already said, no, no, thank right. you. I can't
0: see him being a justice. He's, he he likes to be out there and loud too much.
1: Well, yeah, but I, you gotta wonder too, because if you're, he's already seen what kind of skeletons come out of what kind of closets when you get into those situations, and for him to say, "Nope, I'm good," it's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, but he's already a politician, though. I mean, I'm sure there's wow. stuff out there about him, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, the uh, of course the big fight is: do you have a conservative Supreme Court or do you have a liberal Supreme Court, and? Yeah, you know, I think balanced. at the end of the day, it should be fairly balanced because yeah. that's what what brings you know the good out. If it's too far left or too far right, then it's not really doing its intended purpose.
1: No, I agree. But we'll see what happens. But we will see what happens.
0: It's uh, definitely going to be interesting yeah. for sure. For sure.
1: Oh, you my want gosh. to talk some career workout? Let's talk career workout, shall we? Let's move yeah. on.
0: So in the Career Workout, you've got an article here, Getting Unstuck at Work. What's this all about?
1: So the uh, my inspiration for bringing these articles forth is I'll be talking with somebody um, pretty recently who will say something that will catch my attention. So in a conversation with a, um, a friend of mine, they were talking about how they were stuck at work. They can't get out. They Their job is terrible. Their, their benefits are not that great. The hours are... Awful. The leadership is one where if I'm going to work 80 hours a week, I expect you to work 80 hours a week, but you're not going to get paid for those extra hours, type of thing. And so, this this friend of mine feels very stuck at work and is looking to um, maybe go back out and, and put themselves out on the market, but they have to be very covert about it because if their employer finds out, you know, it could cause more problems than it solves. And so, he got me to thinking. It's like. God, how many other people feel stuck at work? Because I have felt stuck at work, like I was never gonna get out of this dead-end job. Not this gen, not my current job, just in previous jobs, I have felt like I would never get out. And I don't know if you've been there too, Chris, but I think everybody has been. I think mm-hmm. that's just a part of our professional careers. And so I went looking for articles and it, I always end up back at themuse.com. This they've got a lot of great information. I like how they present their their articles and how they're written. And so I thought this this offered five really great reasons to uh, realize you're stuck and and to start strategizing ways to get out. And so the first the first sign that you know you're in a job where you're stuck is that you think everybody else is better than you, and that's mm-hmm. really a mental thing there. When you start, that's it's your self confidence. So when your job starts eating away at your confidence, and not just your professional confidence, but your personal confidence, you're probably in the wrong position. Yeah, and so it's probably time to. Um, to look outside that that box, and if you can't go to your boss or your employer and say, "Hey, I'd, I'd like a different position with the company," it's definitely time to start looking outside the company.
0: So, yeah, I mean, so I was going to ask you, would you say it's a different position or a different company?
1: It really it's depends. A change. It it really depends. In my, I mean, I've been in the workforce for twenty twenty five years now, and I have learned that if my company's values, their their core mission and core vision statement, if it doesn't align somewhere with my personal values and morals, then I probably can't work for them. And I need Mm -hmm. to see that in the culture too. And so there's been times where I've wanted to look to other parts of the company because the company was fine, but where I was at was going nowhere. But there's also been companies where it was just too small for me to move anywhere, or I had the wrong people with the right influences, you know, and I I just need to get out of the, the corporate culture altogether. And so that's you got to do some soul searching there to figure out what makes the best sense. Is it large enough so you can move around, or is it small enough you need to move out? Yeah. And so that's and if you if you kind of get to the point of everybody in the company is better than I am, no matter the size of the company, it's definitely some self reflection too. You need to be taking a look at before you make that move. But so that's one of the reasons you know you're in the wrong place at the at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, the second reason is you think it's tough out there. Um, so this is, I don't know if you saw this at all, Chris, but there are, it's, it is tough out there. There's a lot of different things that are taking place. And so you got to kind of realize just because it's tough at your work, it doesn't mean it's not tough somewhere else. And so it's the, we can get into that mindset of, of my job is awful. My company is horrible. I need to move out, but it's 2020, which is (laughs) God never thought we'd say this, but it's, it's 2020. It's the year of the COVID. It's the year of the politicians. It's the year of, the year of hate, really. And so what may be going on at your with your employer may be going on somewhere else, too. And yeah, so the grass
0: good. is not always greener.
1: Correct. And
0: it usually isn't greener. And if it is greener, it's, remember, fertilized with bullshit.
1: Yes. You got to be very careful to have what that green is green with. <laughs> know, know that color of green.
0: Could be painted, too. It, could it may be. not even be green. It could be just be painted.
1: It could be fake. It could be turf. It could be just, you know, could be plastic. You just never know. <laughs> so you got to be very, <laughs> you have to be very, um, you, gotta, you have to be willing to look at different perspectives and talk with other people and find out what their organizations are going through. Just because it's bad at yours, it doesn't mean it's great everywhere else. Everybody's yeah. struggling. Everybody's having a hard time. And so you, you got to keep that in mind. And it's hard to when you have, you know, something as awful as this year has been. It's really hard to not make it personal because it's yeah. really not. This, is, this year's not personal, folks. No matter where you're at. Um, it's not the year that's personal. It's, it's, it's more than that. So, and that kind of leads into number three, tell yourself to wait and see. Um, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to see a sinking ship go down and making the decision to go down with that sinking ship. And it's entirely something else just to be on a roller coaster effect. And so, um, for example, I was with a company where it was locally owned and operated those local owners and operators moved on. They sold the company to a national company Mm-hmm. Um, that put me as the, the the regional president or the division president. I think was the actual title of the company. So I was running the show locally, and um, it was one of those things where I could see how there was less attention given to my my part of the company. And I knew it's like, oh, this is going down. This is going to go down, crash and burn. But I'm going to go down with it. I'm the captain of the ship. I'm going to see it through. I was laid off before that happened, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> made the decision for you, huh?
1: <laughs> they did, and I'm glad they did. And what was really sad about that too is they laid off all all of my employees from that company to shut down the Wichita office, but they didn't tell us that's what they were doing. I figured it out pretty quickly. I Everybody's like, what the crap I filed for unemployment and I was approved. I would get text messages and visits from my former employees saying I filed for unemployment and I didn't get it. They didn't know I'd had it. And so it was one of those things like, Oh man, that's not cool. And it was passive aggressive messaging of you did a great job and we'll help you out. But the rest of you no." It's like, oh, I right. so had no idea that I'd gotten my unemployment from that. But I wanted to wait and see what was going to happen. And I wanted to go down with that ship. And my my employees were just, just kind of waiting and seeing to see if they could, you know, this is just a roller coaster and we'll go back up. Now, the, the employer I'm currently at, yeah, we're seeing a roller coaster, but they're used to it. They are right. used to roller coasters. They expect that roller coaster effect. And so this is, I've heard several people talk very negatively to say this sucks and I want to get out, but there's nowhere to go. And it's like, well, it's probably just a, a down curve. We're going to up curve here before too. Oh no, we're not. No, we're not. And so you check your mentality at the door, really take a logistical look at business. It can be really difficult to separate emotions from business or logic and really see the picture for what it is. Um, take off the, a typical term is rose-colored glasses. Just take off the glasses in general and try to see the picture for what it is and not what you feel it is. Big, big difference there. So if you wait and see, you might find things are going to get better and you'll be happy you stuck it through because um, it makes your position stronger and you're, um, could, you are could become a better asset to the company for a different position there too. Yeah. Um, the fourth reason that you know you're in the room – that uh, you're stuck at work is you don't know what else you want. And so I I don't know how many people go through this. Uh, There's some real specialized positions out there. Um, I work with a lot of them. And so they're, they're pretty limited on where they can go. They have the one industry they can work in and otherwise they're going to be shipped out somewhere else if they want to work somewhere else. So it can be really hard to fly the coop of one industry to land up in another. I'm fortunate enough. I've got a very diverse background, so I can go anywhere and my, my education is diverse and it really does allow me to go where I want to go, but not everybody is that way. And so if you don't know where you want to go,, uh, but you do feel stuck, then you're probably just in one of those low points of your career. So you really right. need to figure out if I'm stuck, what do I want to do? Am I not happy doing the job? or is the is the culture just kind of crappy right now? or is is society and politics making things rather difficult? Um, but know where you want to go if you're not happy at work. And if you don't know where you want to go, you probably got to sit tight until you figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and Chris, you, you have more of a specialized position. So for me, I can go and land anywhere, but you may not be able to. So how, how does that strike you at that point?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I have a specialized position, but like you, I've got a pretty broad background. And so, um, you know, I've got things I can fall back on and do you know, if I really had to, so um, that's always been my plan B. Is you know, hey, if this current thing doesn't work out, then I can always go do something else. And it's kind of comforting knowing you have that um, ability right. to to fall back on things. And uh, and I've got you know several things that I could fall back on from um, you know my marketing skills to you know fixing airplanes, uh, you know, um, all sorts of other stuff. So. You know, I think that's that's a little comforting, but it, I think it could be pretty scary if you have a you know one sort of skill set that's very specialized mm-hmm. and there's a limited job market for that. Um, right. it, it can definitely be scary. I think.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I saw that fear coming off my former neighbor. He was in aviation, and I want to I can't remember who he worked for at the time. It was one of the bigger um, companies in Wichita, and he was tired of it. He wanted to get out. He wanted out of aviation all the way around. He was an engineer, and he yeah. he just couldn't find a place to go. Nobody wanted an engineer because all you know how to do is build planes. Well, he was more of a like a designer engineer, so he knew strategy. He knew how to. It wasn't just putting rivets into a you know an airplane or you know assembling airplanes. He he had other skill sets, but he didn't know how to sell them. And so he eventually, I don't know how this happened, but he ended up working on for an electric company um, mm-hmm. in a different town temporarily wow. until he could he ended up back in aviation though he just he yeah. found a big company to work for and found himself right back there and he, what he found out was he wasn't tired of the job it was the the, the culture it was the management he couldn't handle anymore yeah like
0: well like I, I think a lot of times people don't leave you know they don't leave uh jobs because of the job they leave it because of a manager yeah. because of you know the company uh culture yeah. is much more um, of a strong
1: indicator. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact statistic, but I do believe I, w- I would be willing to bet that nine times out of ten, somebody's leaving the manager and not the job. Yeah, it's yeah, in I fact
0: d- there, there's a book written on that. I can't remember the name of it, but I do know I've I've read that a while back. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's that's been my experience. Now I'm I, I've had two managers where I didn't want to leave them. I just wanted to get to my next level, but I could tell right. them that that was the big difference with my other employers. I couldn't tell them. Yeah, I don't want to work anymore because I want to go up to the next level because it would – I got the feeling from them they, they wouldn't have been supportive of that. Yeah. And I think that's another well, thing that the article doesn't mention that's feeling kind of – I felt stuck there because of that.
0: I mean a good manager is going to want you to grow in your career. I mean it's, it's pretty selfish of somebody to say, I don't want you to leave because it's going to cause me some – pain and grief because I'm going to, have to find somebody to replace you. Right.
1: Right. Uh, right. You know, well, I think
0: that's pretty selfish. If that's, if that's what your manager's doing, they're not a very good manager. And if, if you're listening to the podcast and you're a manager and you have that attitude, you need to knock that crap off or yeah. you need to get the hell out of management. Uh, right. you know what? I'll, I'll just say that.
1: Yes, exactly. Please step off the management role and find somebody else who wants to see that staff grow. I've seen one manager, he actually said these words and I've seen other people act these words out but this particular manager, with my former employer, he wasn't my manager, but it, um, he was one of my colleagues, and he said uh, he was losing one of his best team members. And I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry to see him go." And He's like, "You know, it's, it's bittersweet to see him go, but the fact he's moving up to the next level says something about my management skills."
0: Yeah, I was like that's yeah.
1: stellar. That's exactly right. It does speak a lot about you. And so, um, yeah, if you've it's just like you said, if you're a manager and you've got a I don't want you to leave me attitude, get out the role. You're in the wrong role and you, you're not building your people up and you really need to be able to do that. But that's the kind of management I've had is, is, you know, especially during the interview process is, you know, where you want to be at in five years. You're like, do I answer still working for you or do I answer, you know, in the yeah. position I really want, like, is this a trick question? So change the wording of that question too, while you're at it, don't make people feel like they're locked in at the interview process, either just throwing right. that out there. <laughs> but, um i think i've only had one interview where somebody asked me where do you want to be at in five years and i told them they're like that's awesome let's see you get there and like what did you say mm-hmm. what? Did you yeah. what what like for reals can i just let me i'm gonna perch outside your office until you hire me i'm now a, i mean i'm your new stalker hello
0: so <laughs> <laughs> i always hate that question in an interview you know where do you see yourself in five years like and, and, you know, you. <laughs> I mean, when I first started in my career, I, I thought I had it all planned out. I had it all, you know, I'm going to go here and do this. Right. I'm going to do that. And, you know, reality, none of that's come true. It's all, you know, look like a bowl of spaghetti versus a straight line. That's you awesome. know, and so when somebody asked me that, it's kind of like, come on, dude, what are you going to be doing in five years? You know, I mean, everybody's goal is to go into work, not work as hard you know, you want to work the least amount to make the most amount of money to have the least amount of grief and the least amount of stress for the most amount of money. I mean, come on, everybody has the same goals. It's, it's kind of a silly question.
1: You know, I mean,
0: I want to come to work and make the biggest paycheck possible with the least amount of hassle. That's everybody's goal, period. Right. When you get right down to it, when you cut through all the cheddar that's really what everybody's goal is. And if you tell yeah. somebody that in a job interview, then they're going to go, well, that guy's an a-hole. Right. <laughs> but it's the truth. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. It's such a hard question to answer. It feels like a trick question. Like, am I going to get the job if I tell you I want to be in leadership in five years? Or if I tell you I want, I want to be in this position in five years, like, what do you want from me? And so I think well, there's...
0: I mean, and then like, if you go the other way, you can totally look like an a-hole because you're like, well, I'm going to be your boss.
1: Right. You know, like, that some,
0: doesn't work either.
1: I've so, had somebody I mean, went that route and they didn't get the job because – and they're fairly certain because they answered in that particular way. They told them, yeah. I want to be over you. I want to be in there. Uh, it's like you worded that wrong. I know what you're trying to say, but watch your
0: wording. Do- we could do a whole show on bad interview questions. You know what?
1: I, I we're we're going to do a couple segments on them now that this has got me sparked up because there's if I if I ever get the opportunity to build a team again, um, I'll tell you what my questions will be. You know, twenty thirty percent on the whatever the context of the job position is, and the other you know sixty seventy forty or sixty seventy eighty percent of common sense questions, just like because I don't I want common sense people people who yeah. think independently and not need me to handhold them and show me that they've got critical thinking skills. Cause it's one thing to say it, but I want it proven. Um, I can teach anybody anything. It's the leadership that makes the difference. And that's, that's something I've always um, said in my interviews, but we'll have to do a special on in interviews cause I've come up with some questions that have, um, Ooh, can know. we
0: mock interview each other? That yeah, would we'll be fun. To.
1: Well, we'll have to cause I, uh, um, I have the other one.
0: I really, really water. can't stand is, tell me when you were in a position where something didn't work out like you thought you wanted it to, or tell me when you had to make a difficult decision in leadership. Like, oh, I hate those questions. <laughs> you know, it's because it's like, I don't, you know, I just, it's, I really want to go back to the interview and go, don't you have a better freaking question than that? <laughs> Come on. You, you know, ask me something relevant here. Cause What's really like, how, I mean, how I handled something five years ago is not how I'm going to handle it today. And well, you really do want to hear a sob that? story. I mean, come on.
1: How do you double check that? Unless it's from the same company, a position within the same company. How do you double check that?
0: You, you know, maybe there's a business out there. We should just write up like some canned answers to interviews and Tell then we can that. just sell them.
1: And well, then you can I mean, have
0: your little cheat card and be like, well, I've asked card some, number 56. It says, I, have
1: asked, I have asked some questions in my interviews and it's as of the last five or seven years where I've blown the interviewer away and when I got hired for the job, I was offered the job and I'll ask them, why did you hire me? And they will tell me it was that, that specific mind blowing question that caught them off guard because I made it just made me stand out. It made they made them think yeah. of me and that was, that's always the goal is to sell yourself. So you're the only thing they think of. And so I figured out, uh, well, I said, we'll I'll have to do a show on it or at least a couple of segments. So I found the strategy that works every time. And it's well, just good. It's tell awesome. me the
0: secret because you know, when I'm in those interviews, I really want to ask them, Tell me about a time that you really screwed an employee over, and tell me how did you make it better up? You know, how'd you make it up to them?
1: You know what, or did that, they leave? Honestly, that's those are the questions that are mind blowing because they're not expecting to be put yeah, on the spot. Yeah, I mean, and that, come on, they have to sell themselves to you at that point, like, okay, well, I screwed up here as a manager, and this is how I screwed up even further by trying the solution, and so I learned this, or right. I, le- I learned to do something. So I had the right solution. So those are those kind of questions that seem very disrespectful and very much like you're taking control of it. Absolutely, those are the ones I ask. And so we're, we're gonna now we've hopefully we got some interest sparked from our our listeners. We'll have to do a show on it because it's pretty it's insane how much they, the interviewers love those questions. Because if you if you've done interviews, Chris, what would you do if you were asked that? Would you answer honestly or you'd be like, uh-uh, you're uh, out of here? Like how do you? How would you approach that? And
0: you what know, you I, it, of? I think it all depends on the context of the situation and, you know, if I've known the people or not and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I, you know, I, I just, you can always tell when you're in an interview, interview and, uh, and there's like this forced questioning, right? Because they feel like they have to ask you questions. And instead of having a nice organic conversation, you have this kind of
1: mm-hmm. very
0: robotic, you know, tell me when you were mad, you know, like <laughs> those uh, are
1: the ones I fail at, but I try to come on. I'll insert my personality and that's where I usually lose at as those robots well, and my personality doesn't fit into a robotic atmosphere at yeah. all.
0: Yeah. And, and what really kind of torques me off is when, you know, like I had a job interview where I knew everybody in the room, I knew mm-hmm. them all really well and they still asked a bunch of dumb questions and I'm like, you have known me for like, at least a couple of years now. Like, if you can't answer that question about me, what am I doing in the interview chair? Right.
1: Like, yeah. You know,
0: well, I mean, you're harder. just asking me questions to ask questions. That's
1: going to make you wonder what's the motivation of the interview then? If well, they know you, yeah. Asking I you mean, those robotic know. questions
0: we know what happens all the time is they knew who they want for a candidate and they've got to interview like three people to meet the HR rules. Right. And then, you know, so.
1: And I've been a part of that. I've been snuck and I say snuck in, that's not the right term to use, but I have been one of those people where Terry, I want you for this job, but I have to follow the rules, but I'm going to try to. And what's funny though, is I'm not in in the the particular company that this occurred with, I was not the only person. They said that was a common occurrence. Yeah. What? Holy, you guys are meant, meant to this. They're like, oh, yeah, we we know what we want. We find the skill set on purpose, but we got to follow the criteria. You got to follow the protocol. That way, it, it, you cover your butt that way. And it's like, well, I'll be darn. politics are everywhere. I wanna yeah,
0: politics aren't are everywhere. Gonna,
1: I want to work from home now for myself. <laughs> so, wanna, do we have a
0: last point on this article yeah. here? Or do we?
1: I know I'm blabbing on. Yeah, we
0: already talked about it. I can't remember. It's well, been so long ago. It,
1: it's no, it's it's the last reason is that you feel like you have to prove yourself. So that's when you feel like you have to prove yourself, you're stepping outside of your personality zone in my opinion. Um when you feel like you have to go above and beyond because that's a sense of that's a that's a type of desperation when you have to feel like you prove yourself to somebody. You shouldn't have to feel like you prove yourself. You just do you. You use your skill set, you do the work. But when you're at that point of I, I need to show them who I am. I got to go above and beyond. I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, I know somebody in my current employee employment that does this. They go way out of, way out of bounds to prove oh, yeah. I've, to everybody. I've met
0: somebody like this too. And it's, it's like, Oh man, just give it up. Yeah, you know it, I mean?
1: Well, they're not brown. You're still
0: employed.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're going <laughs> to you be, employed. you'll be employed you're, if you don't do it. Yeah. And these are, and if you're not sure, if you're listening on, you're not sure what these types look like they're, they're usually not in management. They're, they're what they you know, some people will call the peons. They're at the bottom of the totem pole or they're somewhere like trying to lean towards management. Um, but the oh no,
0: I've I've seen this in management that, quite a bit. <laughs> oh, oh yeah,
1: that's terrible. Yeah. I bet you're you, right. You yeah.
0: Definitely, you can definitely see this when somebody feels like they've been promoted above their capability oh, level because yeah, they they true. try extra hard to make sure that they you know that they're in charge. Yep. You, you know, and then they're going to make the decisions and it may be a crappy decision, but they're going to make it. You power know, power tripping. And,
1: power. Oh tripping. yeah,
0: that's it, the proving it's, yourself thing. It's everywhere
1: it is. So you'll you'll see these people, they're the first to arrive to work. They're the last to leave from work. They work through lunch, just overdo everything. And it's kind of like, okay, you know what? Just back off their coaches. You're fine. And so there, if you've got to get to that point where you feel like you have to prove yourself, that way you don't get fired or you don't get demoted, you're you're probably in a position you're not supposed to be in. You should be recognized fairly quickly for your roles if you're in the right role at the right time. Because even the right role at the wrong time is the wrong role.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, if you're in one of those positions where you feel like you've got to prove yourself, then it's up to you to get out of that position and get into one that you feel a little more comfortable in. Yes, that's what yes. Or or the other, you know, side of that coin is to grow into that position and do things so you do feel comfortable, you know. I mean, I think that's completely acceptable, too, is to be a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning and then – you know, Absolutely. learn a little bit and, and grow into it, but, uh, oh, yeah. you
1: know, when I started out, cause I'm in aviation now, it's my first time in aviation. I'll tell you what stepping into that role was overwhelming. Cause there's all these lingo, these different, different processes and different mindsets and different skills that I had never worked with before. So it was mm-hmm. definitely overwhelming and definitely like, but I never thought I couldn't do it. That was the thing is I knew I'd grow into the role and I could figure but Some
0: people, some people get in their head that they can't do it and then they start freaking out. You know, I had the complete opposite experience of getting out of aviation and working for a company that made uh, military vehicles and, uh, and, you know, they didn't make airplanes, but they made trucks and boats. And um, the way that they did things was completely a hundred degrees out of phase for how we would do it in aviation Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, where there's very particular ways that you do things. And so that was yeah. kind of mind blowing to be like, uh, okay, I, I guess that works too, but it's not as good as the way we would do it in aviation. <laughs>
1: and are I, you sure you know that's what,
0: the way you want to do it? You know. you
1: know, I make a good point. And I've taken that mentality from one place to another thinking that's not how we did it. How are you making that work? But they do, They, but yeah. they can always do better too. That's the thing is can always do better. So. Uh, But yeah, if you feel like you have to prove yourself, um, then you probably are in a sense of feeling entrapped where you're at. And you really do need to look at another role. And just as you said, Chris, and I'm glad you said it, you really are in charge of your professional destiny, whatever that means. And we may have a plan, just like you said, and that plan's not going, um, it's not being executed. It's not happening. It's not manifesting. And if that's the case, it probably wasn't the right plan or you probably didn't have the right goals for yourself. So you got to be honest with yourself and the goals that you want to accomplish and the, the places you want to be at. So that's, yeah. so we'll have to, I'll, on the next show, I'll, probably, I'll try to do a follow-up on how to get unstuck. When you have that, what, what do you need to do? How do you move on to the next role? And that'll lead to the interview process. It'll be fun. So much mm-hmm. fun. Yes. Good.
0: Career fail of the week. Uh, I have not seen this things does not say when good things happen. so are, are you telling me to this we shouldn't be Debbie Downer is that uh, you remember Debbie no. Downer from Saturday Night Live?
1: So no I know
0: talking where about from, but. I didn't know that was a little thing. Have you seen that? You haven't seen no. Debbie Downer?
1: No, I need to go see it now. Um, I will. Oh, have you to,
0: have to go watch I'm it. I'm gonna watch it. And now. she, I didn't know it was a thing. She ends, she ends everything with like, "and feline AIDS," or oh, some, you know, whatever. It was like wah wah.
1: Oh my gosh, that's funny. No, I, that's I didn't. I'm gonna look that up now. But you no, know, so um, the career fails. The idea of the career fails is to find somebody who has made a really bad step in their particular field right their particular role right and so this particular article is former nsc spokesman on pelosi calling trump's arab israel deal a covid distraction sour grapes and so so as you probably yeah, that's
0: 20 heard, times fast
1: right and so you probably heard about um the peace deal that trump um was able to successfully complete with the uh, with um oh it's the arab israel peace deal right
0: Yeah. So he brokered this deal that Obama tried for eight years to get done and couldn't get done. Right. And so now he's, he's got this done and it's a pretty big deal. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of people have been working on for a long time and, and it looks like now they have a solution to it. And, um, you know, we, we have some good news here and the, uh, you know, the Speaker of the House, Pelosi, is, you know, oh, kind of poo-pooing it, right? She
1: stepped into it, yeah. She wanted to, she wanted to throw the proverbial poo in the pan, in the fan and see how it splattered, and I think it came back yeah. in her face. And so when she's being interviewed by, I think it was a Fox News guy, uh, what is his name? I said his name. His name is, what is his name? Oh, they didn't say his name in here. Michael Anton. There it is. Right. And so there is an interview with him, and they're talking about how Pelosi Just downgraded this deal, and they they showed it it was a video, so it's not as though this is hearsay. Like somebody heard her say it. She's on national news outlets saying this very thing, and I'm going to quote it from the article. And I heard her say it, and in 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 asking her about her response to this this deal that Trump brokered, she says, "Quote, good for him to have a distraction on a day when the numbers of people who are affected and the numbers of people that are dying from this virus only increases."
0: Well, it increases every day because that's how (laughs) how viruses (laughs) work.
1: So it's like, did you honestly just say that out loud? Like, did you not think your filter should have caught that one before? So um, Michael Anton said that it definitely sounds like sour grapes coming from Nancy Pelosi. And it does. I totally agree. It does sound really negative. As you pointed out, Obama's administration tried for two terms to get this deal done and they could not do it. In fact, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of conversation going on in social media about how the Obama administration just threw p- pallets of cash trying to get this deal completed versus actually trying to broker the deal. They tried to buy the deal is kind of what is that's mm-hmm. not what's being stated, but that's kind of the message in between the lines is they tried to buy it off and they couldn't make it happen. Millions upon millions of dollars. Trump comes in with his attitude that most people don't like, but is effective. And he got the deal done
0: yeah I mean, there's no question that trump can you know he can negotiate he's Holy he's God. really good at that he's i mean he's done that his whole entire life and he he knows all the tricks and you know he's he's just really really good at that in fact, yep. you know if he was ever not president, it would be smart of any president to go have him come back and broker deals you know i mean well,
1: who else that's you, just what he's really good at he's a no nonsense guy yeah, he has said some really dumb things in the past and um and a lot of people are surprised that I'm a Trump supporter, and I'm fine to say it out loud. I'm not saying I appreciate his rhetoric. He's the worst speaker I've ever heard in my life, unless he's following the script to a T. Um, normally his um his State of the Union speeches are great. I do enjoy those. So but he's literally following it letter for letter. He's not Yeah, f- I mean, scripted. Right, totally scripted. Now he's been scripted other things, and I know his speechwriters are like, please stop ad libbing <laughs> for the love of St. Croix, just stops talking. Just do what I told you to say or do as I say, it, whatever I can't speak. Yeah. But right I, I think the,
0: the story here is that, uh, and you know, I would be interesting to go back and analyze Pelosi's comments on Trump
1: and yeah, find
0: no. if she's ever said anything positive about him.
1: You know, that's a good because point. I, I, don't think I would so.
0: venture that the answer to that's going to be no, I, I, I think, you know, it's going to be, I mean, like I said before, he could, he could friggin cure cancer mm-hmm. and, People would be like, well, he's taking people's right to die away. I mean, I'm telling you, he so he, could, he could literally figure out a cure to a cancer and save people from dying yeah. and the left would be like, no, the, those people wanted to die because they had cancer. I right. mean,
1: I just, yeah. I, you know, it just, God, just try to be happy for what the man is doing. He's actually done a lot of what he said he was going to do amazingly enough, because I was. Yeah, um, and I was skeptical of, of his promises. And I thought, here we go. Another politician, several more promises. None of this crap is going to happen, but let's go for it. And he's done it. He's mm-hmm. done a really good job. Now, again, he probably needs to stop speaking just altogether. Yeah. The microphone and the phone away from the man and things. Everybody will be happy. But he has the same right as everybody else does. It's the uh, um, freedom of speech. Don't always care for what he says. And I've had somebody ask me about my opinions of some of the things he has said in the past. Is, is specific to women because being female, I get asked that a lot, and it's like it doesn't bother me because things that he says about women aren't true about me. And he's probably had some females that have responded to that positively. Right. And so you gotta you gotta keep th- it's there's some critical thinking that is necessary with our president. Sadly enough. Um, but I would like for him to get off social media. That's the one thing that I think Obama started that I would like to just throat punch him for is getting <laughs> on the social media. And because no, I don't, there should never be any time that a president should have enough enough time to sit there and get on social media. Um, it's one thing for a representative to say, Trump says, but for him to look like he's doing it firsthand or for Obama to have done it firsthand, no, I don't agree with that at all. But yeah, I, it, Pelosi just definitely represented herself and her party and her... Um, constituents very poorly. In yeah,
0: that no, part. no surprise there, right? Yeah, I mean, probably not. newsflash: Pelosi says something bad about Trump.
1: Wow. Just-
0: <laughs> we <laughs> move Touché. on.
1: Touche. <laughs>
0: I mean, but in fairness, I mean I don't think Trump said much positive about Pelosi either. Well, but,
1: but you know what? I, I unfortunately I think Trump is one of those where you cast the stone, he's gonna cast it back. So I don't think oh, he yeah. started that I mean
0: that's that's totally <laughs> the New York that's completely the West you know, East sorry, East Coast, New York. Attitude. Oh, I mean, that's, that's what you said. I grew up out there. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in that 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 Boston, New York. I mean, that's that's the one thing that Boston and New York has in common, right? I mean,
1: you tell you know, me you have not been out there yet. That's
0: I, I think that you know Boston and New York, and you know Bostonians and New Yorkers kind of hate each other. Typically, <laughs> there's a big rivalry between you know baseball and all that kind of stuff. But I think the one thing that would that would unite them is that they very much have that attitude of, uh, you know, Hey, I'm gonna be nice to you until you're not nice to me. And then I'm going to, you know, once, you know, I'm you know going to do it right back to you. So that's a, that's a Midwest uh, thing
1: too. That's if the good old boys club is, as long as nah. you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you, but you screw around with me. And the strategy to re, to retaliate is a little bit different, but the mentality is all the same.
0: Yeah. But I, I think definitely the, uh, uh, Going on the offensive is much more of a East Coast thing. I don't, I don't really see that here in the Midwest. Of uh, here, it's a lot more of a passive aggressive type of uh, thing. Out there, it's very overt. You know. Yeah, your city so.
1: city folk are more passive aggressive, but your country folk are more more aggressive.
0: No, I'm saying it's backwards. Oh, you're I'm saying the the country folk, I don't want to say country folk, that's not the right word. The, the What I've seen here in the Midwest is that it's much more passive aggressive than it is on the East Coast.
1: I see you know. what you're saying.
0: It's- I mean, in the East Coast, you can say, you know, the, the old Italian joke is like, hey, don't take this the wrong way. Like, you can say anything <laughs> to anybody as long as you prefer it. Like, hey, don't take this the wrong way.
1: No offense, but. I right. tell all my clients: Once you say anything, anything you say up until the butt makes it means nothing. Once you say the butt, it's yeah, it's what after but. The, it's after the butt that makes the most sense. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Good, times. Good job, Pelosi. That's how you fail at work. Right mm-hmm. there. Keep your mouth shut. And just.
0: Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. All right, so I haven't got it yet, but I just ordered the multi USB charger station, slit into eight port USB charger station with LCD display, desktop USB charger station compatible iPhone X eight seven seven plus six six plus iPad Samsung Galaxy Note and more. Do
1: you need a second to
0: breathe? I do. That's like a long ass title. That's all I, think I was that's say. The
1: longest one we've had here yet. Yeah, but anyhow,
0: good. good on them for trying to get all the keywords in the title. But uh, anyhow, what this is, is a a USB charging station and it has eight slots for USB cords to plug into. So uh, the whole family can charge all their junk at once, basically. And so, um, you know, with my photography stuff, I was getting ready for a video shoot this weekend and I was having to, you know, got microphones and transmitters and receivers for the mics and all these little things. And they all charge on USB for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I am running out of places to plug these things into. Uh, so uh, I ended up ordering two of these things so I can have one upstairs and one downstairs. Um, but there's just a, a little block that will sit on your desk or whatever, and you can plug stuff into it. So we'll see cool. how it works. It's got, you know, four and a half stars on Amazon, um, and it looks to be pretty compact and travel friendly. So uh, I'll so uh, report back on that when I, when I get it.
1: So it's like a surge protector kind of thing where you plug multiple items into one?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a, a, a surge strip, but, you know, instead of having, you know, wall outlet plugs, you can plug in USB, uh, item, you know, USB cords. So, you know, you could charge, you know, four iPhones at once if you wanted to kind of thing.
1: So it so. charges pretty effectively. Then.
0: Yeah, supposedly. And, and these all i was reading a bunch of them but uh they all supposedly have smart charging technology so they'll adapt to whatever they're charging um so they don't blow the batteries up and things like that so anyhow uh when i get it i'm supposed to get it later this week i'll report on it back
1: yeah you should let's hear all about that very cool you got an iphone chris i got an iPhone.
0: i do have an an iPhone. iphone You know, do you, do you do the thing that I kind of do or somebody texts you for the first time and you're like, please let their thing be blue. Please let their thing be blue. Yes.
1: In fact, we've got a group chat where most of us girls are iPhone users. We have one Android user, one. And so and because her crap? we unloaded on her because, you know, you can when you have an iPhone and everybody's on the same iMessage app then you can hold somebody's message and click to like or haha, or, you know, whatever, just like you do on Facebook. You can't do that when there's a damn Android user in there. She kills it for everybody. And so when somebody tries to like it, it turns into another message ripple saying so-and-so liked so-and-so's comments. Like, who are you? Who has the Android? Who do we need to throw punch right now? And uh, so yeah, you know, we gave her a ton of crap and she's like, I went Android and I ain't going back. It's like, oh yes, you are. Yes, you are. We will convert you back because we need our blue bubbles. We are not a – I was a very avid um, Android user, and I had a, a somebody that I was dating, and he was a big iPhone user, and he tried to switch me. And He's if he's listening, he is so going to get ticked off with me right now, but that's okay. Um, he tried to switch me over to the iPhone because he – that way he can monitor when I read the message and when I was responding to the message versus Android, you don't get that feature. Yeah. And so I would never switch over to the Android, but the current individual I'm dating does use iPhone. He convinced me to get the iPhone. So now I have an iPhone and I rather enjoyed this feature. So but yeah. Um so the i the uh oh the iOS was just updated to the 14. Did you get the new update?
0: I don't think I've gotten it yet. But it looks like ben. there's some cool stuff here, new emojis, some translation stuff, plan your trips is. out with electric charging stations for cars. That looks all pretty I've handy.
1: I mean, There's a lot of new stuff to it. I haven't gotten all through it. What's really cool, though, is I like the – so I, if you're an Android user, you got spoiled because you could have just a plain blank home screen or you could use the home screen to put apps on. But you right. always had one home screen. And you could determine which one is your home screen. With an iPhone, you had you only have one until you have too many apps for one screen, and then you go to the second home screen. Right. And the more apps you get, the more screens you need, right? Well, then, if you are familiar with the – I don't know when it started, but you'd have the widget screen. Is that what it's called, widget? Mm-hmm. Widget? Okay. So you'd have the widget screen that has all of your widgets there, and then the other screens with your singular, singular apps. Well, now you can mingle the two into one screen. Oh, wow. Whereas before, you could, yeah, now you can put widgets with your apps and you can really customize your homepage um, so you can have whatever you need there. You, sh- you can show battery power, you can show news flash outlets or whatever, you know, whatever your interest is, you can definitely customize it to your particular setting. So I really like that feature. Cool. Um, I also really love that I'm a cyclist. I just took up bikes um. Um, biking a few months ago back in July. I'm really proud of this. I had surgery back in May. It was major surgery. should have knocked me out for a long time. Got on a bike two or two, three months later. And since July 18th, I think I've ridden like 500 miles. So I'm definitely avid about this. And so I'm looking for, In I've done, um, I've already mentioned, you know, cycling apps like the Strava app and the uh, the Pacer app. And now mm-hmm. um, they've included with the new update. Um, you know, it's like, um, oh, Kind of like where they can, it'll it'll trace you where you're going, so you can turn on your little Apple Apple Maps. I think is what it is, is what they all have right. now, mm-hmm. and turn that on so it can track you where you're going
0: yeah. when you're out
1: riding around something like that. I don't think it has all the features of the other apps, but I just thought that was really cool that you can start creating routes um, and things like that for your for your cycling for your for your athletic long distance stuff that you do. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and there's another really cool thing on there. I have some very very little known fact. Um, in fact, I think only one person knows I've been doing this. I've been relearning Spanish, oh. so I can become fluent in it again. And so está? está bien. Tú? Yeah, See? Um, you've now reached yeah.
0: the end of where my Spanish <laughs> <laughs> knowledge is, so, except for maybe so, some squares.
1: Right. I mean, I, I did talk about Duolingo one time, and then, um, but I've really gotten real serious about it, and I spend quite a bit of time every day but the, the iOS 14 update includes a translation app. Yeah, the app, translation applet.
0: looks really slick, and it looks like it's really handy for when you travel, too.
1: <laughs> and that's what it is. So you've seen that there's that little, um came out a few years ago. It was this little device that came out, and you could be anywhere, and you could have somebody from a different language speak into this device, and it would translate to whatever language you needed to translate yeah. to, right? And it's the same thing, just an app on the iPhone. That's cool. It is awesome. It's pretty accurate. I tested it out. And it's really cool.
0: That's pretty um, awesome.
1: The new, I think it's called the Memoji, which is the iPhone specific emoji to your phone that you get to um, customize. Right. They've got some new additions to that in there. Um, just all, I mean, it's it's endless. It feels like I'm sure it I does in car keys.
0: Things have you seen? Did you see that?
1: no what is it? it looks like
0: you can unlock your car with your phone if you have the car that that works with the nfc so
1: oh nice i don't have that kind of i have my car's yeah. a touch touch tool for that but that would be cool
0: yeah that, that, looks that looks pretty would be neat. awesome yeah it looks like a lot of cool stuff in here um you know as usual with these updates hopefully they'll get the little bugs worked out in the first first couple minor updates but uh yeah. it's current, kind of crazy ios 14 is uh is out and uh I mean, I I remember my first cell phone had, you know, LCD screen with like three lines on it. So (laughs) we've come a long way.
1: We have come. I remember when data phones came out and you had to have that expensive data plan. And I thought, "Uh uh-uh, you'll never see me on a smartphone. Yeah, going to
0: happen. I I remember getting texting just because... Because uh, we had the blackberries, and I was like, oh, we don't need texting because, you know, uh, we just didn't use it. And then we ended up getting texting because we lived in, you know, in the south in Louisiana where hurricanes come. And it was it turned out that the, the BlackBerry messenger stuff didn't work after the hurricanes, but texting did. So we turned that on as kind of a safety thing. Uh, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. But, oh, yeah, honey. it's it's definitely come a long way. And speaking of come on, uh, and speaking of coming a long way, should we talk about your media pick? Welcome to media madness.
1: Here, Media. Oh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, your, your
0: non-media media right? pick.
1: <laughs> it's non-media. So, um, we've been, um, we've, we've had the show for a little bit now, I mean, a few months, and we're still building on it and still kind of, kind of, pushing it through and so I got a text from you the the other day that said Alexa will play our podcast I'm like Alexa doesn't play podcast because I've tried I had tried in the past I've tried hey Alexa play the biz and mayhem podcast the biz and mayhem show and and she's like sorry don't know that one I'm like well you're you're a heifer so there
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just made a whole bunch of devices I, go into I know
1: because people do that crap to me all the time so you're welcome I'm happy now so when you we
0: may have to bleep that one out in post
1: <laughs> no keep it that'll be fun because it'll keep playing us over and over again so i uh when i got the message that uh, alexa was playing our podcast that you can play podcasts from there i went to my alexa and i was like hey you know alexa play the Biz and Megan podcast." podcast at first she's like hmm sorry I don't know that one i'm like no no yes you do you do so i enunciated a little bit and before you know it we're playing on my alexa <laughs>
0: Alexa, yeah, play the biz and mayhem podcast
1: <laughs> yes exactly exactly so i thought that was really really cool that the um alexa is now playing your favorite podcast including your you know the biz and mayhem podcast and so it's a uh, it's kind of nice to have that playing in the background and just kind of working about because i do a lot of work in the house and you know cleaning or sitting around or whatever the hell it is i do at my house and i like to have background noise and I'll listen to my background noise because I know when it's off. My kids try to be funny. Yeah. We'll be like, hey, Alexa, stop. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what happened? Where's going on? And I'll check Alexa. I'm like, Alexa, is the internet still working? She's like, yes, but I was told to stop. No, <laughs> you are not stopping. So I thought this was really, really cool. It's very exciting um, to see this. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It is.
0: Yeah. I got a, a random email from Amazon music and said, we're now playing podcasts and your podcast is listed. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's so and then cool. send it over to you and you try it out. And I guess it works. Cause I don't have any Alexi's or
1: Alexi's. Oh, or I, see, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would not have an Alexa either, but, um, Beau, um, for my Christmas gift last year, because I bought my house in November he had already pre- He knew I was buying my house. So he went ahead and bought my Christmas gift, which was an Alexa. And so ah, I, bought, I
0: opened you ordered you a lady in the tube, huh? He did.
1: He certainly did. And he knows that 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 little heifer and I don't get along at his house because he'll say something and she'll listen. I will say something. And it's almost as though she's been programmed to not listen to me. And so oh. I will constantly be ignored or told, I don't know that one. I was like, listen here, real <laughs> horror. Yes, you do. You know what that is. Now do it. And so he bought me my first Alexa. And it is, a, it's like a tattoo. It's a little addictive. You get your first one and you uh, walk in other rooms. And so I do have one upstairs in my my main Alexa. She is in the kitchen because that's where she started at. So that's where she resides. Um, she was too close to the stove. She, she got a little greasy at first, but she's been relocated in the kitchen. My second <laughs> the echo dot is the second hand. So you get the tall Alexa and you start getting the echo dots, right? And then... Right. So the first echo dot is upstairs, um, sitting by my fireplace in my living room and my, my next echo dot is downstairs. So the great thing about that, the reason I got the one downstairs is because when I'm upstairs and I'm cooking dinner, I will tell Alexa to drop in on the basement. And so she'll mm. open the speaker down there and I'll be, I'll tell my son, Hey, dinner in five minutes. He's okay. Cause he'll, you know, whatever he's doing, he'll stop and get ready to come upstairs. So that's really, really cool. Now, I will jack with my kids because you can control Alexa through an app on your phone. So you don't even have to be home. I have been somewhere in Wichita and with my home being in Derby, I have pulled up my Alexa app and started, and this is awful of me, but it's so funny. I have started blaring Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen at home on full sound, full blast when I'm not home, when my kids are home. And they're like, what the crap is that? And it just,
0: they even watch Wayne's world.
1: Um, even know. I even I've shown them the clip from Wayne's World so that they get the the right. reference. Yes, I've shown it all to them so they understand what's going on. So they're like, "God dang it, mom!" And so I'll I'll watch it because you can watch the app and see when it's been turned off because it'll show you that the it's uh-huh. the pause is what it looks like. And I'll just hit play again, and she'll start playing. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be a little tug. That's mean. It's so fun. I love it. Um, but you can. It's it's. It, you want, once you get one, you want it everywhere. And so uh, I'm. Eventually I'll have one out in my garage and one that can go, I'll have a portable one for going out to my deck during the, the nicer times outside. But yeah, don't get the first one unless you're prepared to, to settle that addiction because it's going to happen. Dive, dive into it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of Bohemian Rhapsody and Wayne's world, I have a lead into that. And uh, my media madness is a um, documentary called too funny to fail. What is this? And uh, you know, well, Dana Carvey played, um, Wayne, right. Or no, he played Garth in Wayne's world, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did.
0: So, um, anyhow, he had, did, I did not know this, but in around, I think it was 96, he had a TV show and, uh, it played five or six episodes and was a miserable failure. Um, but this, this, um, you know, this basically talks about, you know, how that failed because they had some brilliant comedy writers and, uh, um, they actually had some really uh, good comedians that were very early in their career, um, like Colbert and uh, um, oh, who's the other guy that's uh, um, was on Anchorman? He played the he played the the, the weather guy on the Anchorman. Well um, Steve Carell. Oh yeah,
1: you're asking the wrong person.
0: Yeah, Steve Carell. So, anyhow, uh, a lot of really good comedians, and uh, Louis C.K. was involved with all this. He was one of the writers. And, anyhow, it failed miserably. And so, uh, you know, it's an hour and a half, but uh, it really goes into detail on it. It was really quite fascinating Mm -hmm. how uh, some really talented people can miss the mark on, you know, what the audience is and come up with some pretty crazy stuff that's funny for some people, but not for you know who their audience is and so that it failed
1: yes i i've seen that yeah oh my gosh that's funny i didn't realize he was doing that too funny but, to uh, fail. i
0: highly, highly recommended and you know it's kind of hard to watch him and not see you know garth from world yes. you know, that's my issue
1: with dana carvey it's uh, hard to see him anywhere and not see garth you know?
0: yeah he's such a talented guy though he's he's yeah. really really funny oh i love
1: his stand-up but, uh, i love his stand-up stuff he is
0: definitely uh, off the wall on some of this yes. stuff so
1: <laughs> that's awesome how'd you find that
0: uh, yeah, I think I was just thumbing around on Hulu and uh, you know I like watching these kind of off the wall you know real life stuff you know I I uh, yeah I kind of uh, look for that sort of thing yeah so so that's me'
1: doing that so I can catch up with you because I'm terrible about it all...
0: there's a few of them out there, there that is. Are, I, just... that are
1: I mean I've got Roku and Netflix and everything else on a smart TV but you know I'm just kind of just wander off just (laughs) the most organized version of add that you can find i suppose i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah well you want to bring us home
1: yeah so thanks for listening to this episode of the biz and mayhem podcast if you like the episode show us a little love by posting a review on itunes and don't forget to send us a few bucks on patreon or paypal we'll love you forever because making this podcast it really isn't free To get the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com, that's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com, and look for Season 1, Episode 14. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and until next time, have fun in the mayhem.
0: The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.